Thank you for showing up in the place where we come together and sit in circle and share the stories that inspire us. Get ready to enjoy this next powerful journey outdoors in nature. Hello, Explorer. Today's podcast is a a treat of the slower kind. It's still just as powerful of a journey in nature, but it's of a slightly different speed. So if you're feeling a little more chill uh, and you're still looking for inspiration to go into nature, then this is the one for you. I'm so excited to bring you a new and close friend of mine. So check it out. Hello, welcome back for your amazing nature time story on this podcast, Powerful Journeys Outdoors in Nature. I am Tegan, the host of this podcast, and I'm super excited to have a guest today. So we'll just jump straight in and I will get her to introduce herself. So if I could get you to introduce your name and how old you are, please. My name is Danny and I'm 26. Excellent, Danny. And what stage of life do you feel like you're in? I feel like I'm in a stage of life where I have a lot of energy and I'm learning how to harness it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it feels ominous. Um, and I have one more question for you. Is that a little like... If you've listened to the other episodes, you will know that I try to ask this to everyone just to kind of allow them to paint a picture of themselves to you before we hear about their story. So, Danny, I'd love to know what, like, lights you up? What, mm. like, excites you? What makes you feel alive? Mm. My gosh, what lights me up? <laughs> mm. A lot of things light me up. What's coming to me right now is being around incredible people in life Mm -hmm. and having a strong sense of community and a sense of belonging in that and being able to look around at my surroundings and be like I've created this this is a reflection of me Mm -hmm. and feeling like so alive and nourished and yummy from the external. Is this the first time in your life you've really felt that in this way? Yeah in a a sense I would say yeah I used to not really like my life so much and now I can wake up every day and look around and be like I've created this and Mm. that lights me up knowing that I'm the creator of my reality and I love it when we can take those fun like catchphrases like you are the creator of your reality but it's like no actually like I did this I made conscious choices and this is the byproduct of that like high five me like I really took control in a in a really beautiful way. I took control over making the choices that feel aligned for me. Yeah. Like some other people may see your lifestyle and be like, no, thank you. Totally. Well, I mean, I look at it and I've known you for a while and I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> um, but I love, yeah, I love how alive you look even when you talk about that, your whole body. Like, I mean, your smile is like from ear to ear. You're just like, yes. <laughs> so, which mm. leads me to, um, I'm so excited because I... I don't know, I have no idea what you're going to say, so I love doing this. Uh, Could you share with us a powerful journey that you have had outdoors in nature? Yes, I can. (laughs) So I feel like this journey requires some context. Yeah. It has a backstory to it. Great. So I'm going to start from the beginning. Let's start from the very beginning. Beginning. A very very good good place to start. (laughs) 
<laughs> Welcome to sing-alongs. <laughs> ah, so, my journey out in nature doesn't begin necessarily in nature. It begins mm-hmm. with a breakup mm-hmm. and, and a lot of pain. It begins with a kind of unraveling of myself. Um, last year, I went through a breakup in January and then, yeah, it just felt like my whole world was falling down around me and I was just going into this, yeah, rediscovering of who I was. And it was really big, really big journey that required a lot of holding of myself. Um, but it was really beautiful. It was, it was, yeah, it felt like the the beginning of creating a new version of me and it was, yeah, very powerful. So that's kind of the beginning of where it all starts. And then, so that was in January and I start to go into myself and start to like recreate parts of, not recreate, but rediscover and realign myself with and start like practicing yoga deeply and having these practices and cyclical living and um, just deepening into, into self. You know, I was by myself for the first time after like four years and um yeah, and then in the winter, um, just at the beginning of the winter, I went to, uh, we have a place in the mountains, in the snowy mountains, and we went there, this is during COVID, um, to be, to celebrate my mum's 60th. And, you know, they say, like, if you think that you're woke, go and spend time with your family. Yep. And I had just, you know, had these months of, you know, feeling really good and working on myself. And then I went out into the mountains and was with my family for my mum's 60th. And I'm a family of three girls and my parents were there and my auntie and my little sister as a baby. Like it was a very full cabin. And I was just hit with a ton of bricks of the reality of my relationship with my mum and how um, painful it still was. And by the end of the week of being there, I was like, I don't think that I can do this anymore. I don't think I can um, have this relationship with my mom. It feels too painful. Mm. And so I almost called quits on it. Um, And then I was coming home from the mountains, going back to Byron. And I was on the train from Canberra to Sydney and it just landed in me that as somebody who is, you know, in this role or in for part of my dharma, I guess, is to support women into coming into their bodies and coming into a healthy expression of the feminine and healing these parts of ourselves that I actually needed to heal this with my mom. Mm-hmm. And that was a really important piece. And so it became this this not it was a mission but it wasn't a mission that I created myself it was a mission that I guess I was given to go on (laughs) and I decided to because my mum was actually living up in the mountains um in that cabin because she doesn't like the city and so I decided to go back to the mountains and asked my mum if she would like to spend like a month there just the two of us and we hadn't spent really any time together for years like 
yeah, it felt like from, from my experience, like quite a broken relationship. Mm-hmm. And I felt super disconnected from her. And so I said, I'd love if, you know, we could have this time of I'm coming for a month. How does that feel for you? And she was like, yeah, cool. And my mum, you know, I I share this story and I share this quite vulnerably um, because it's very intimate about, you know, the parts of my family and stuff. But my mum does experience like depression and alcoholism and she's got diabetes type one and she doesn't really look after herself or Mm -hmm. wasn't looking after herself and that was really a lot of the core of the pain in the relationship was not feeling um like my needs were met as a child because she wasn't actually meeting her own needs so she wasn't able to meet mine and so yeah that's kind of where the pain was of of seeing her suffering Mm. and so I went to the mountains but before I went there I had about two or three weeks of preparation of preparing myself to go there and and by the time I got there I felt really good I was like really really embodied and I'd understood by this point that you know the best way to heal and support a relationship is not by telling somebody what to do or how to be but rather just embodying embodying the healing in yourself and Mm -hmm. then being an example of that for them so yeah I went there with this intention to heal our relationship or to heal the wounds in myself in our relationship and it was really beautiful actually the unfolding of what happened um yeah kind of I guess it it started and there was a lot of pain that was coming up for me and I was already going through like this breakup and classic mm-hmm. me, like I, I'm a manifesting generator. I like put a lot on my plate and I'll do lots of different things and lots of tasks. So I'm like, I can heal myself and my wounds while also healing this relationship with mm-hmm. my mom. Like mm-hmm. I've got this, I've got myself in everything mm-hmm. and such a like, you know, the part of the wounds was the independence and feeling abandoned. So I can, yeah. I do everything myself basically Mm. and I can heal this in my mother as well. I can do everything. So I got there and, you know, the wound started to come up and, um, yeah, started to, I guess, just like practice um, really holding myself and loving myself as the wound showed and also in a way like loving and holding my mother in that as well. And it, it was perhaps the most painful experience because there was no escaping and there was no leaving. It was just us out in the forest. But what happened was I, as part of looking after myself, I started to create this, I guess, this daily ritual of leaving the house and going on this walk. And this walk was my opportunity of, of like coming back and grounding and centering every day because my nervous system was so wired from what was coming up every day with my mom. So I would go on this walk and, you know, this this place that we have, it's out in the national, it's borders on um, Mount Kosciuszko National Park. Like it's very out in the Australian bush mm-hmm. and it's so beautiful. It was winter, it was very cold and quiet and sleepy and it had this like mystery about it and I would go on this walk every day and it was just like... I started to build this relationship with the trees and with the earth. And, you know, I, I already in some ways did have a relationship with this land because I'd been going to this place since I was born. But going out and instead of it being like I'm going for a walk to do exercise, it was like I'm going on a walk to drop into presence and to drop into nature. 
And so I'd do this every day and I'd walk up the hill and ah, and like the sun would be, I'd go at like four or five every day and the sun would be setting over mm. the mountains at the top of the hill. And there would just be this like golden light that was coming through on like frost and and also really burnt trees because the fires had gone through there and like new life was kind of like coming through the trees and yeah it was just like super super powerful and then maybe on like the like a week into my stay there I was walking up the hill and the sun was coming through and I just looked over to the side and I just saw this like opening out in the bush and it's such dense bush that, you know, you don't really walk off the track, but I just looked over and I was like, I need to walk down there. And so I walked off the track and I went down into this bush and yeah, it was like the way that the sun was coming through and the energy that was there, it was like, wow, this is, this is really special. Like this is Mm -hmm. like a little secret garden. And there was all these like fallen down trees and yeah, all sorts of things. And it became this, I guess, this little sanctuary or this place where I would go and play and step into like my innocence Mm -hmm. and let go of everything. And yeah, I just became like a child and I called it my secret garden. I didn't tell anybody about it. And every day at five or four o'clock, I'd walk up there and I'd go in and I would just like skip and hop and and swing or stand and pretend to be a tree or just like speak to to nature or Mm -hmm. whatever it was. And yeah, I guess it I guess what I realized was. Yeah, I, I hold a lot. Um, of things in my life and I hold myself or I, I used to um, consider myself as someone that had to be so independent and do everything myself, do all the healing, do everything. And then this secret garden showed me that like nature, <laughs> nature can hold us. And when things get like too much that we're actually always held. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that being on that journey with my mum as well as being like the mother that I was seeking to hold me and to nurture me and to know that the earth is also like a great mother that Mm. can hold us. And, and I had that and I had that as my little secret every day, knowing that everything else can fall away and that there's just this innocence of life of like the essence of life is is just like the the energy that was held in this space. That's what it reminded me. It's like there's nothing else but this. Mm. And when that became really powerful for me was I actually brought some mushroom chocolate up with me to the mountains, (laughs) of course. (laughs) And so, yeah, one day I just like had a little nibble, (laughs) had a little nibble of the mushroom chocolate and took my walk up to the secret garden and... As the mushrooms do, the energy in spaces becomes very apparent and what became really apparent to me was love Mm. and that that is the energy of of the essence of life and the essence that was held in in this space and that, yeah, we are always held by that. And um, I sat down, I sat down on this day when I had the mushrooms and closed my eyes and was like, okay, let's just be in this love, like let's just be in this love and 
yeah, I don't know how long I sat there for. Like, it felt like a while. But when I opened my eyes, (laughs) right in front of me was a pile of bones. And it was this really strange moment where it was like, all of these kind of, yeah, I don't know, I guess just things dropping in where it's like everything about this trip to the mountains and this place that I found, it was just teaching me so much about like life and death and love and care and innocence and, you know, opening, like sitting down. I've been coming here every day for like, you know, two or three weeks now and I open my eyes and there's a pile of bones and it's like, what is this? Like, what is life and what what was here mm. and who was it or what was it? Was it an animal? And yeah, it's like this death that we are so fearful of, but it's like, it's, it's so beautiful and it's held by this land. It's also held by the mother. It's held by nature and, and like going to the mountains and, and feeling like I was going through these deaths and going through, yeah, a lot of pain and a lot of, of yeah releasing and then knowing that this space that was holding me is also a place that has held other things and that their deaths have been held yeah and so I'll just go home after I went home after that and I actually told my mom I told my mom about the the secret garden and I took her up there (laughs) and yeah we went and we went to the bones and actually it snowed, it snowed. I told her and then it snowed. So when we went up there, we couldn't find the bones. And that's why I wanted to take her there. I was like, I really want to take you to my secret garden, you know? And yeah, it was all covered. And yeah, it felt like, yeah, maybe this, the way that I see the secret garden is just for me. Mm. Have you always had this, this conscious connection with nature? Yeah, I feel in some ways, yes. I think I've always really loved magic and mystery mm-hmm. and fantasy. Ever since I was a child, like I've always looked for fairies in gardens and yeah, just been curious and love to like step into the child as I go into nature. And so... I guess it, it's definitely grown stronger over the last couple of years, but um, it's always been there ever since I was a kid. Mm. And how did you feel that that secret garden supported that journey with your mum? Like, did it give you the strength to be able to go back into that? Did you, you know, was it a different perspective that then changed the way you were viewing the dynamics between you and your mum? Or Yeah, yeah, both of those things. It 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 felt like it felt like a just support for me to like being in that role i guess of support for my mom and i and then being held in that it felt like then i could go back and be supportive still and like show up in the way that i wanted to for my mom and for myself knowing that i'm also supported and that i don't just need to rely on me mm. that's such a beautiful story (laughs) thank you I'm just like oh one of the things I feel like I have almost a mourning that only really until really recently did I start to like sit in nature like it was nature was almost a place for doing fitness 
whether you climb a mountain, you know, it's always on that track, usually going as fast as you kind of can within reason. Um, it's usually destination orientated. And only now am I really starting to like slow down. And I actually have to say it's probably mushrooms that helped me do that too. There is something like, I mean, obviously everyone has their opinions on, you know, on alter things that alter your level of consciousness but I mean we already do that well with caffeine and alcohol and you know we're not doing crack cocaine here like it is a mushroom that comes from the ground and but when I've done it it's I used to go to nature and now I go to be with nature like there's something Mm. it, it opened up something in me that I was like oh like, I felt that everything was alive. Like, the trees are alive and they have their own, like... And I don't mean for us to sound like these weird hippy-dippies, like, <laughs> oh, I'm just connecting with the trees and, like, oh, yeah. Like, it's... It just became really present and I could feel how alive everything was and whether it was, like, the bugs that were working or the birds. You know, I always used to think that, like, watching birds was just a thing for old people. What are they called? Twitches, I think? Bird watchers? It was just, like, for old people. You know, you get your binoculars out. But now I have this almost state of awe of them, like, their colours, the way they move. And, like, now just sitting in nature has been incredibly profound. And I don't even feel less fit, (laughs) you know? Like, it's, like, ironically... But to, I just wonder, like, and I guess this is for you if you're listening as well, like, when you go, do you see nature as separate to you? Mm. And if you, if it is separate, and what, what role does it play in your life? Like, what relationship do you have with it? Is it, like, because I'm hearing, Danny, for you, it was, like, almost a part of your, like, it was almost, like, medicine in a way, mm. but it was almost, you know, your guidance your psychologist your mother your it was playing all these big roles you know and on like a scientific level like you are literally supported by the ground underneath you like Mm -hmm. it's literally holding you up and you're supported by gravity and the trees actually are giving you oxygen like there's many ways in which it is actually supporting you and it sounds almost like you know you have so much of this awareness and really like that's when that just awareness of what is, what is truth, and then that gratitude piece that comes mm. in of like, oh, wow, like I used to put all these expectations on the person, you know, who got the role of my mother in this lifetime, and I as the child in that dynamic, and I had these expectations, and now I'm starting to realise that it's a lot bigger than just this one-on-one thing. Um, and I love that you, like, that nature really held that piece for you. Do you find... Like, because you built up a relationship with that place because you'd gone to it years after year. Like, I would love to know, you know, we do a lot of, I mean, there's a lot now. And I don't know if this sounds too controversial, but like, you know, um, acknowledging the ancestors past, present and emerging. And, you know, I don't have any uh, uh, like indigenous heritage. Well, I mean, maybe I believe we all come from the same place. So, like, I do somewhere along the line. But, um, I mean, mine is mostly over back in, like, UK kind of thing. Um, but I have, like, five generations, I think, of Australian in there. But nothing, like, Indigenous. But And I often would think that, like, I feel a little bit of a cultural orphan. Because it's like, my culture is at a different place. Yet I'm on this ground and I've grown up and this is all I know. But yet I not to make claim to it I don't I don't want to claim anything but it's like I am very in tune with this area of Australia because I've just you know it's been a part of my environment do you how do you honor your connection with the Mm. land like what is your heritage and you know you say you've now built relationship with that place do you feel like that is an energetic home Mm. for you Mm. 
my heritage is um, Hungarian Danish. Hmm. So very different landscape. Very different. <laughs> yeah. Both. <laughs> and yeah, I really resonate with what you said about feeling like a like an orphan um to this land. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is a lot of disconnection that people who aren't indigenous to this land feel or like don't know how to navigate that relationship with it. And for me, it feels like We all belong here if we're here. Mm-hmm. This is like, this is our home as well. Um, well, we belong everywhere, actually. I, I know this sounds really esoterical because I don't want it to feel like we don't own any land, but the earth as a whole, like we, mm. we just belong to it. And so I think that, yeah, for me, like my journey with that has been that I used to feel like I don't belong here because this isn't my land. But the more that I am able to just be present in nature and understand it as a whole, it's just knowing that the earth is, is just holding us. And no matter where we are, we belong there. And like, it's just, it loves us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't remember what your question was. I'm just loving that this is, like, (laughs) so, so, like, spiritual in a way. Like, as I, you know, if you've listened to any of the other ones, like, it's, it it just feels so feminine. You know, it's, like, that soft, receiving, um, curvy, intuitive kind of way as opposed to that masculine, which is, you know, put your backpack on, get out there, driven, linear, hard, you know, and I, and I, part of me loves that adventure as well because we learn so much often through that challenge, but that challenge in that hard, driven way where I'm, I'm hearing from you that you were challenged, but like challenged by softness. Mm. Can I really be a part of this land and can I really be present with the birth, life and death cycle that mm. is within this land and how can I use this as my teacher? Mm. You know, because it's like this is so much bigger than I am and it's so humbling and and I just, I love that and I love that no matter where you go, you can use that, whether mm. it's your park, you know, in your local kind of area or whether it is you're holding out to go to Peru or something like that. There's no, I often say there's, you know, like sacred places, whether it be like the pyramids in Peru and, you know, and Uluru and, you know, and I believe that too, that there is something like quite powerful about these places, but so is the tree in the backyard, mm. you know, if you give it a moment and just become present with it because it's like it's so amazing what it's doing like especially with trees you know there's books that's come out these days of how trees all talk to each other Mm. and how they're all connected underneath and just the diversity that's needed and the fact that they turn our what is it our our carbon like like to give us oxygen like they literally keep us alive like I know they give us paper but that seems kind of pathetic to the fact that they give us oxygen to breathe like mm. I am breathing in that tree and it is breathing in me like we are so connected and yeah I would love to encourage people to slow down is what mm. I'm learning especially mm. in nature like I don't need to go on an 18k hike to feel like okay I had some nature time it's yeah. like what if we go 5k's and we actually go sit at that waterfall for 4 hours yeah and just lay on the rocks and 
ground or play and laugh and mm. look for fairies and you know like what what that I like it's like quality not quantity yeah right it's like how present can I be with this whole experience because even sometimes when I'm hiking on a trail it's like my eyes are down just making sure I don't fall over something like I don't I have very little recollection of like what's kind of going past me and I mean there's a different adventure for different things but really encouraging that slowness Mm. in nature because we are in a very masculine driven society Mm. that's goal orientated and it's like what does it actually look like if you slow down Mm. and I've noticed that on um, with Journey Outdoors in Nature the business that I do whitewater canoeing with you know we've taken this trip that used to be like that was three days you can do this section of the river with kids Um, like but it's really like pounding it out like you're waking up with the sun you're paddling all day you're getting into bed as the sun sets you're eating and you're doing it all over again three and a half days and we took that to six days and then we took it to nine days and still we can fill that nine days but it's like we slow down at lunchtime Mm. everyone gets to digest their food a little bit more in the morning we'll do like a morning practice where we all you know go to the river and like it's just this slowness I think everyone craves that which is why everyone wants to have like a holiday at the beach half the time and not have anything to worry about it's like we can do that here and now I can do that here and now if I gift that to myself Mm. and I meet myself that part of my brain that's like you should be walking faster or doing more or maybe you should do burpees now or like you know like I meet that part of me and I'm like yeah I'm gonna try this too so I, I love that story that you've shared with us of like slowing down and how you've been held by nature and even walking that track. Mm. You know, we are creatures of habit as well, doing that over and over again and then finding more and more little bits and becoming more intimate with your surroundings. And I would love to ask you, uh, which I've asked a lot of other people and usually we get the same kind of answer, (laughs) but it's like, do you believe we are nature? Yes. (laughs) And tell me (laughs) You always like love it. Like, T, what a silly question. I would love to know, like, why do you think that? Well, we're born from nature. In what way? Well. Because, like I said, I was born from my mum and dad. Mmm. What do you mean? I guess because the way I see it is we're on this earth, Mm -hmm. and this earth is created through soil and everything that's come from here has come from from the earth Mm -hmm. and so we've come from there at some point Mm. and you know we are so disconnected from that fact but actually yeah it's like I know it's so cliche but it's that thing of like we we die and then we go back into the ground and Mm. we that's kind of when we realize that we are part of this cycle that is also in nature. It's mm-hmm. only like the all the other things that we layer on top that separates ourselves from it. But yeah, at the core, it's like when we really do go into presence with nature and start to build that relationship, we do start to see that we are actually just a reflection of it and we are nature. Mm. It's just sometimes maybe hard to grasp when we are so far away from it and we're mm-hmm. so disconnected. But yeah, I definitely I definitely believe that we are. I feel that in myself. How would you then cuz it's like okay, if it's yes. Yeah. And then when you say when you go into nature, like yeah. I'm going into nature, what mm. do you actually mean then? Mm. It's such a not a great question, but it, it's <laughs> I love that because that's 
um, a beautiful thing to think about the way that we word things because yeah. again that's a way of separating ourselves yeah. from nature to say that I think that I guess when I say going into nature I guess it's a, an act of going into presence with mm. myself and with <laughs> yeah <laughs> well there's something in my body which is like Vroom. it's like oh shit <laughs> same <laughs> Yeah, because we are always allowed to be in nature, even when we are by ourselves in our room. Mm. We can still be in nature, I guess, in some way. But yeah, to go outside and to go into nature out there is mm. to step into yeah presence. Yeah, and it's almost like that um the unprocessed kind of nature. I think that you know when you eat a hamburger from McDonald's, you're still eating food, mm. you know, but it's just the amount that it's being processed mm. as opposed to having that broccoli or that carrot that you picked out of the ground and ate that straight. Then it's just like it it too is a spectrum, I suppose. Like this wall next to me is still nature, but the totally. amount that it's being processed, I guess it's maybe lost some of its va va boom or something. <laughs> where you know when I you're sitting next to a tree, it's just so much more alive. Like I can feel it breathing, kind of thing, as opposed to the walls, which are probably breathing a whole bunch slower. Mm. <laughs> but like you know, oh, that, yeah. even that concept may seem kind of crazy to people, but yeah, I just I really hear that that going out into untouched, al naturale nature has just supported the very being that you are. Yeah, yeah, and. What's just come as well is, you know, you said, how do you know that we're nature? It's the the sense of belonging that you feel when you are out in nature and present mm-hmm. in there that we often don't feel in this world because mm. we are caught up in what in the human, mm-hmm. which is the separate, like potentially the separate. But when we're out in nature and we're really there, we do, we feel, or I do, I feel that really deep sense of belonging and safety and relaxing. And to me, it's like that is enough in itself to know mm. that this is what we are. I love that you feel that because I feel like so many other people have the opposite experience of mm. that. Like it's like you're meant to fear nature, whether it be a snake or a thunderstorm or whatever. Like it's like nature's out to get you. And even when I tell people that I've done like solo hikes and stuff, and they're like, but don't you get scared or whatever? And it's like I've gotten to a place now where it's like I realise there's nothing to be afraid of. One, because it's like... I am empowering myself in those situations to be educated about first aid or the weather or what to do, but that also, like, it's not out to get me. Totally, and I think in that, what so, comes through so strongly for me is that we are fearing our nature and we're fearing Ooh, the yeah. fact that we are a cycle and we have death in that cycle yes. and that's what create makes us so separate you know we're so in like medicine and keeping ourselves alive and having airbags and <laughs> so much safety everything mm-hmm. keeping us so alive in this life and it's making us because we're so scared of death mm-hmm. we're so scared of our nature mm-hmm. and when you're going out into the bush there's a chance that you know, there's no airbags there or like yeah. an ambulance that's just going to pick you up. Yeah. There's potential that your life could mm. be at risk, you know, and it's so unlikely, but it is there. And so it's that just that fear of mm. of what we are. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that idea of we're fearing our own nature, which mm. is kind of crazy to mm. me, especially when it's like you get in the car every day and have you seen how dangerous they are and how many people die like every day? That doesn't rate on your radar anymore because you're just so used to it. 
where it's like I've just gotten used to being in nature and mm. yeah I think that death piece actually is a massive we just don't we don't want to look at it we don't want to talk about it we don't want to you know and it's like it's almost like making a cake and being like okay well you know we get the ingredients and we mix them all together but it's like I don't want to put it in the oven <laughs> you know like <laughs> I don't know we're not going to do that like but I want the cake at the end it's like well this is a part of it like and an incredibly important beautiful part of it and but I mean that takes a lot of self-reflection to start to come to terms with that part of the cycle like death and I mean that's a whole nother that's a whole nother podcast for a whole nother show. Um, yeah. But I, I, yeah, I'm grateful that you brought that because it is, yeah, so true. And I think that I see a lot of death in nature and it is actually really beautiful, whether it be the decaying, you know, trees on the ground and then the mushrooms grow up through them or, you know, a flower dying, you know, and we see that or even though we see beautiful pla- flowers and we cut them, you know, it's like, well, what do you think is going to happen to it there? Like, that's death. Like, and you did that, but it's like, but we're celebrating the flowers that were and you love them so much you wanted them close to your house and, like, you know, do you then take them and put them in the compost and help grow new ones? Yeah, just, yeah. Ah, oh, nature. Nature. Oh, nature. Oh. Thanks. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for sharing that story and I imagine there's a lot of people out there that can resonate with that, you know, not only what's to feel what was going on in their lives and then to feel s- supported by a location or a tree or a place where they were and just to really honor that and to be like that's a thing you know to be supported by a place when you're going through a really emotional time like that's a real thing and that's something that you can tap into wherever you are whether you are in suburbia or whether you are in the middle of Australia like it's the ground is always underneath us and the sky is always above us and you'll see the stars and you'll feel the rain on your face like Mm. if you open yourself up to that so I love that how that really supported you during sounds like I mean you're working with a mother wound which is huge um, but then also that a breakup and mm. yeah. So thank you for sharing that, just that strength and that vulnerability to share these stories that, you know, are often softer, but they still need to be told and, and just inspire in a whole different way. So mm. thank you so much, Danny. If people do want to see more of your connection with nature or whatever, where can they do that? Um, probably best to find me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's at Danny Gonda, D-A-N-I-G-O-N-D-A. Perfect. There's so many, um, I mean, you're an avid um, dancer in nature, which actually I love, you know, even when I'm like lying in bed and I just get to watch you dancing in nature, I'm like, this is nature time, right? Like, this is counted. Like, I'm still having this human experience. Like, you know, I don't always get outdoors. Um, But yeah, thank you. And I highly recommend to, yeah, to even inspire yourself on your, you know, on your Instagram feed with people who are inspired by nature. Like, so that's a little reminder of you to get out there and share your stories as well. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. And I look forward to hearing more of your adventures. Thank you. Um, and I hope you're enjoying the episodes. I'm starting them up again after the whole COVID thing. Um, I'm still being a little bit stubborn and just really wanting to do them in person, which means there are a few and a far between. But please uh, please reach out if you would like to be on the podcast as well, if you have a beautiful story you'd like to share. And, you know, always welcome to feedback and reaching out if you have any questions. And, of course, stay tuned. Uh, and you can always go to journeyoutdoorsinnature.com.au if you wish to go on, like, an outdoors adventure and be supported and mind, body and spirit for doing that. So until next time, go well.